there it is. Take two. What's up, buddy? How's it going? It's going well. Welcome to the show, guys. It is heading back to the window with Scott and Scott. I'm half of the Scott team. I am Scott Steen, lead handicapper over at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your co Scott Reichel, senior handicapper over at winnersandwiners.com. That's right, man. That's a... Uh, <laughs> is and, nobody, and they don't know this, but every like i don't know scott one out of one out of three times two out of three times i forget yeah, about 33 percent. forget to hit the live button before we go live so hey what's going on it's good to see you guys let's see who we've uh let's see who we got in the house uh Ular has been in in there for a while greg's here nathan's here what's up buddy uh ready to take the books to the cleaners today we've got about a hundred college basketball games and we're going to be going through all of them so guys uh, buckle up if by all of them you mean about maybe five, then sure. I mean, truth <laughs> is, I feel like the best way to go through college basketball would be for you guys in the comment section to tell us what games you potentially like or want to talk about because there's so many, we're going to miss something. So just spit it out if you want us to talk about it and we'll get through it. Yeah, we're going to talk about, yeah, like you said, about five or six of them. So there's a good chance we're going to miss something. So it's good to be here. It is good to be here on a Tuesday, Monday night football in the books. My goodness, Scott, it's like my horse racing career. If they put the finish line at the quarter pole, I'd be a millionaire. If I could have ended that game at the beginning of the fourth quarter, I would have hit everything in sight. But uh, That's why I got to bet on the uh, shorter races at the racetrack, the sprints, so to speak. Yeah, I, I try to bet on the quarter horses, and uh, I'm, I'm no good at that either. I just, I just, I just suck at horse. I had one brief moment in the sun. When I had uh, all the first four in the Kentucky Derby this year, and that'll probably never be repeated. That's it's like hitting an eight teamer, mm. you know. So you hit you hit them every now and then, but you have seven minus three thousands, and suddenly hitting an eight teamer seems a lot easier. Yeah, very true. Yeah. Uh, the do the dominator said he is in the hizzy. That's that's just not right, Dom. Sorry, buddy. Mm -hmm. St. <laughs> John's up to forty four. <laughs> is it too much i mean we can we're going to talk about it a little bit later but looking at the actual matchup itself briefly i saw it open up at around 42 and a half so there has been some movement on the over i thought it would open around 38 give or take yeah. so it's kind of where i thought it was going to open but you never really know where the line is supposed to be which is why people think it's fun you know to make up to make lines and everything like that can you imagine how much pressure is on the odds maker to come up with a line for Mississippi Valley State games? Getting pounded. You're getting pounded, buddy. First game of the year. Does it even matter what the number is? You know nobody's betting on them. I know. I know. Uh, Zach Vaughn's here watching us on Facebook. Kentucky versus Duke. Nathan wants to know our uh, take on Arkansas Mercer. Uh, put a pin in those guys. Remind us. We'll get to them. But first, let's do our thing, Scott. It's uh, it was it was a bad night. There was there was the sirens all over the place as there was a lot of thievery going on. Man, call the cops, would you? All right, so let's uh, let's let's start slow. This was a this let's was, start slow. It's the worst beat. Well, of the this night. is this is pr this is pretty brutal right here. Um, the Timberwolves plus five against the Grizzlies. They had a they had a by the way a thirteen point lead there in the fourth quarter. They trailed by three with one second left. That's exactly where you want to be when you're catching five. Am I right? Uh, it should be. Okay. Okay. Thanks, buddy. All you got to do is guard against that half court. Oh, shit. Carl Anthony Towns. It's the bank. The bank is open. And you know what else is open? The possibility to you getting absolutely screwed because that's what happened. Timberwolves 
They got outscored 12 to 5 in overtime. They lose by 7. Overtime, very rarely the friend of the underdog, and it certainly was last night in that game. If Timberwolves plus 5, you had a good play, you had it right until you didn't. Call the cops. So the second one wasn't a last minute bad beat, but it was still pretty rough. If you had the Suns and the Kings over 225, you had 131 points in the first half. So you're in very, very good shape. As long as both offenses don't fall apart. Yeah, that's Can all I you interest need. you in 82 points <laughs> in the entire second half? Oh, God. Game landed 213. So it went under by 12, but you have 131 in the first half, and you're not even close. That's got to hurt. That's that's just brutal. That is absolutely brutal. Uh, he's got he's saying he got St. Thomas over Chicago State. People are jumping in early to to fade. Uh, to face I, I can't State. believe I got four and a half last night. So I'm I'm just thrilled with the line I got. It's a steal. Hey, if you had the Rangers minus one and a half on the puck line, they were going up against the Panthers. They led four to one with less than two minutes left. Huge plus price, by the way. Probably around like plus two twenty, plus two forty, something like that. And the uh yeah, Panthers ended up scoring two goals. Scott, not one, but two. Rangers win four to three. Uh, that is absolutely brutal. It's one of those times when the empty netter pays off. Paid off twice, apparently. Uh, yes, it did. Well, was it wasn't the empty netter? They pulled the goalie. They scored with the. Oh, that's why. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. When yeah. the it goes the other way, when pulling the goalie actually works instead of giving up an empty netter. Yes, I should have been more specific there. I think everybody knew what I meant. But that's by all the right. way, Jay Seaton saying the jump from D three to D one's a bit scary for uh, St. Thomas. I hear you. But what's more, what's scarier, the fact they're making the jump or the fact that money has been pouring in on St. Thomas and they're up to six and a half in their first ever D1 game? Now, see, you and I talked about this before the show. I just think it's, I just think it's people that are just auto-fading Chicago State without knowing anything about St. Thomas at all. It's probably true. I, I do think, though, once you do the research, you would recognize that the team does have a ton of experience and Chicago State is just as bad as advertised and then some. I think they might rival Mississippi Valley State for for worst team this year. It's going to be quite a, be close. It's going to be quite a battle and it's going to be great to see them playing an entire schedule. So, that's yep. very cool. So, the opposite Scott, call the cops these are the people that had nice easy wins. You know who you were because you were sitting in the rocking chair, baby. So, the first one was between the Hawks and the Warriors. If you had the over 222, 126 points at halftime, and it was not involving the Suns or Kings, so the game landed 240. <laughs> wow, shots fired there, bud. Well, uh, there were a lot of shots fired in Suns Kings, just none of them went in. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, if you had the Kings on the money line, the NHL Kings, by the way, playing against the Maple Leafs, uh, they led 10 to 2 zip after one period, 3 1 after the second period. And no shenanigans late in the game. They ended up winning 5-1 to one if you had the Kings on the money line there. That's a nice, easy rock and chair win for you. By the way, if if my kid's listening, thanks for the hockey tips. I sent you the uh, I sent you the correlated parlays. Well, you said Panthers and over. The game went over. They just didn't win. Yeah, no. And then we and then there was another one that uh, that did not win either. So it was a uh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah, that was yeah. They had the Panthers and oh, the Leafs. We had this game. No. So. All I know is that for that Panthers game, I know somebody asked me about it on the air yesterday. I said the line movement made it seem like a huge trap for that actual game itself. I kind of have fell for it anyway, but I completely acknowledge its existence. I didn't bet it. I said to stay away, but the Rangers came out f firing, you know, and then they 
almost blew the entire game, but they held on. Yep. Looking at the last one, if you had the Nuggets plus one and a half against the Heat, led by 15 at halftime, Jokic had a triple double, got ejected, didn't matter anyway, one by 17 points. Yeah, that was uh, that was really weird to see Miami just completely no show. I was on I was on the wrong side of that game, Scott. I, I love Miami in that spot and uh, caught a little caught a little Jokic value. Went nuts. Yeah, Jokic. Uh, Jokic. By the way, uh, T Train, I addressed that question in my video. The last time Chicago State won a D one game, they've lost twenty nine in a row. Their last win was December two thousand nineteen. So they're a little cold, is what you're saying? On they, they should really schedule. You know, Cal State Penitentiary University or something, just to get a free win. You need a tune-up game or something. Play the Boy Scouts in some basketball game. A pickup game in the park. You got to win something. You know, morale's got to be dangerously low over there. The Dominator has a nice trend today. Says Miami of Ohio is twenty-five and twenty-five slash and one ATS when facing a team off a loss. So there you go. That's from the that's yep. from the Mac the poor the poor Mac talk about getting no respect Scott they uh, they got no respect a Tuesday midweek Maction and everybody's talking about college basketball everybody's talking about Chicago State so see Zach I I agree with you the move from D three I know Dixie State moved from D two last year they didn't go one in twenty five they won a couple of games so I do think if you're an elite D three D two team you should be able to at least handle the bottom, bottom feeders of the entire D1. Is that fair? Potentially. Okay, well, that's... I, that remains I, to be seen, but... I'm, you know me, Scott, I'm more cautious. I'm, I want to see... I would probably fade Chicago State against anybody else. But it's make more it, in principle. I know. Because how many times is Chicago State going to be less than double-digit underdogs in the entire year? Probably none. Probably no so that, more. That's, I took the shot. You know, you kind of have to. I understand. All right. So we got to talk about this. I know everybody's kind of wondering, like, what the hell you guys haven't mentioned the game last night? Uh, we've been saving it for this segment, Scott. Let's uh, let's find out who's wearing the golden feed bag today, shall we, as we award the Tuesday edition of Donkey of the Day. <laughs> All right, so before I'm gonna, we, I'm gonna let you decide. Sorry, just quickly. Yeah, are we doing the entire entity or one guy? Uh, I think we could probably do the entire entity, but it's it's really gonna come down on on one guy, pretty pretty much. I'll let you have the floor if you want. I will. Uh, before I do that, I'm I'm getting better, Scott. I remembered uh, uh, just 11 minutes into the broadcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe, everybody. Smash that like button. And then what the kids say, Scott? Smash it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do that. <laughs> Smash the like button, uh, you know, vote us up, comment on it, whatever. Let's do all that good stuff. All right, yep. very good. So, last night there was a football game in the NFL. Again, I mentioned it. Had great t- read on it for three quarters, and then they just went nuts in the fourth quarter. But they were certainly uh, certainly not helped any by the referees, Scott. There was a number of questionable calls, but I think one of them stands out more than anything, and that was the taunting call that was issued late in the fourth quarter and you want to you want to run through exactly what happened there buddy so i'm actually a little bit confused on what the taunting was called for because he was looking at the sidelines from about i don't know 50 feet away like kind of like the center of the field said he took seven or eight steps towards the sideline and then stared at him give or take but either way the point is is that he recorded a sack did a very nice karate kick celebration and then started I guess a little bit of trash talk, so to speak. I didn't really see much, but he's walking away. There's no flag. And then it looks like Corrente, one of the officials, gives him a little hip check 
that you usually see in the NHL, and Marsh bumps into him, and then he threw the flag. So I don't know if the taunting was for the actual looking at the Steelers bench. Well, that's what Corrente says. He said he that's said, what he claimed. He but said he the hip check it. had nothing to do with it. I'm saying, but he only threw it after there was a hip check. So I don't really know what was going I'll on. I'll tell you what, if you were on Twitter last night, it was like breaking down the Zapruder film. It really was. Because, you know, people are talking about, well, if you have noticed he has his hand on the flag before he bumps into him and he says something to him. And it was, it was unbelievable. So it looked like he was, it looked like, Corrente was trying to draw contact. Like, he was trying to draw the foul. That would have been a foul in the NBA like yeah. a year ago, but not now. Yeah, not this year. No, not, last year, that would have been two shots. So, first of all, uh, Scott, and you know I hate this more than anything. It's the it's the, the NFL. It's is, the rig theory. The rig theory. Exactly. You knew exactly where I was going with this. And usually, I don't think they have a leg to stand on. But if you look at that last night, I'm not going to say it's rigged. I'm just going to say that's probably the most suspicious thing I've ever seen. It was definitely up there. I'm trying to think of other blatant, terrible calls. Of course, you have the Donaghy situation involving the Kings and the Lakers, but that was a long time ago. In NFL terms, it was one of the most obvious either vendettas or potential, let's just say, self-interest moves I've seen by a ref in a long time because that was jarring, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it really was. And there are a couple of other plays in that game. I thought there was at least, well, i say there's one roughing and one late hit that they could have called against Fields. I was okay with the scramble where he turned his back into the defender because I'm not sure what the guy's supposed to do. It's the screen pass where you knock the guy over. That's, they're calling roughing the passer on everything. The Sunday night game, for example, a couple of calls went against the Rams it's a screen pass. You really had to knock fields to the ground. I figured they would call that, you know, uh, the illegal block. That was another yeah. one. So here's you mean the, the illegal block from the one yard line on the pass play, which you never see. Yeah. Well, I'm just, I'm just yeah. right. You don't, you don't, uh, yeah, it was, from the one yard line. I mean, you're allowed to do pick plays at the one yard line. What the hell was that call? Right. T train. It says what we're all thinking. Refs at all levels appear to think that people pay their money uh, to watch them. Uh, the best ref is the one you can't remember when you leave the game. No question about that. But I'm still trying to figure out what the refs were actually on Steelers money line. Cause they, they didn't, it cover. had to be. Yeah. That's, that's what it would, it had to be the Steelers money line or something. I don't know. I, again, I don't know. Uh, or, uh, maybe they had the, uh, well, yeah, I don't know. That's it's 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 a weird deal. It's uh, it's definitely weird. So, um, does Tom Brady get that roughing call? Yeah, he gets every call. What are you talking about? Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he... You don't even need Brady. Brady's the separate referee darling, so you know he's going to get every call anyway. Does Rogers get it? Yeah, I think he does. Mahomes get it? Well, they wouldn't try to tackle Rogers because he's not vaccinated. Mahomes get it about half the time. Uh, yeah, I think Mahomes would get some of those calls. I, I feel like the referees are a little bit biased when it comes to just mobile quarterbacks. Yeah, you're getting closer. You're almost there, buddy. I mean, you're yeah, you, you're gonna you can make the full race argument if you want to. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and just stick to play style. But at the end of the day, there were a lot of questionable calls all going against Chicago, and it seemed like that was definitely the case. Can we acknowledge, though, that an honorable mention for Donkey of the Day, Brian Greasy in the booth, what the hell was he talking about for the final two minutes? I had I had, I had the sound down. Is, is he there... was wrong about everything. The Bears scored the touchdown, right? 
It's a tie game. Oh, I saw your tweet. And I think they'll go for, they'll out, go for two. <laughs> I wonder if they're going to go for two here. I'm <laughs> like, what, what are you talking about? You're getting paid millions of dollars. Know the score of the game. What are you doing? I have to acknowledge STM Network for asking if there's a Rogers rate on penalties. Yeah, That's fair. Yeah, That I, happened, but you're looking at Greasy after. Final drive for Chicago. I think they should throw a deep pass over the middle of the field. There's 15 seconds off. The Bears have no timeouts. You want their offensive line to try to run 40 yards in 10 seconds? Yeah. You cannot throw it to the middle of the field. What are you talking about? You need what? It's about, it's about 17 seconds from, from, the, time, from the time to... To get, it, to it get everybody set on the snap. Yeah, no, no. So you have no chance in hell unless you get a pass interference penalty. No chance. So Greasy was awful the entire night, especially the final couple of minutes. But the referees had to get the award. That was ridiculous. Do you think I think is okay. He made the one comment about Lawrence trying to prove his toughness or whatever in the first game after the number one overall pick, which I hated. But Greasy, that was one of the worst final couple minute performances by an announcer i've seen that did not involve either any sore of any kind he was just bad well i had the i had the sound down so uh cj cj mccullum over uh nine rebounds with assists and assists assist, yeah and paul george over 15 rebounds and assists uh mccullum i'll stay away from with regard to the rebounds and assists because as much as mccullum is a very good shooter he's really not passing the ball that often He's mostly an ISO scorer who can shoot a lot. Plus, Lillard, he's gotten better lately, but Lillard is still not exactly shooting the ball too well. And if you're assuming that most of McCollum's assists would go to Lillard on three-pointers, I'd probably stay away. If you want to go for rebounds only, then maybe, but I wouldn't touch the assists because I feel like assists aren't really going to add you much for McCollum, you know? Okay. All right, we got one more to get through here. Let's talk, let's talk about this, and it kind of worked uh, certainly in our favor. We were able to identify that and capitalize Scott, there was some drinking going on. It wasn't just the referees. Uh, it was uh, it was some of the odds makers, and we're going to find out which one of them were drunk. Go ahead, buddy. So, spoiler alert, it was a play that both of us had, which we'll recap in a bit, but it was the Knicks, and we ended up having them against the 76ers, and the line originally opened up around 76ers minus one give or take. Yep. Then a lot of news came out with Embiid not playing and the line moved to around Knicks minus one, Knicks minus two. You know, the reports, Tybal was going to be out. Harris was already ruled out, etc. But the point is the line closed at Knicks minus two. The Sixers had a G League squad out there. How do you close it at minus two? The Knicks had everybody playing. Well, you know what? The, the, and, you're, and you're right. The, the sad thing is they didn't cover it by all that much, and they were in danger of not covering it for most of the game. Well, they were up double digits early on. Well, then, well, I'm talking about when it mattered at crunch time there but in the yeah, second half. The point is they won by seven. They covered. So it was a bit of a sweat, but they got there. I just don't know how you can look at the Sixers lineup with everyone being out. They're missing about three starters. You have the Knicks playing everybody, and you leave the line at minus two. Like, the Knicks aren't the Pelicans. They're right. not an, a god-awful team. They're fine. They should be able to win this game by at least five, especially since they beat the Sixers earlier this season when everyone was playing. So thank you, I guess. We'll take the minus two to the bank. All right, very good. Okay, so let's talk a little college basketball, Scott. And I know we had some we know we had some questions. Uh what was a couple of games we were gonna look at, remember? Well, somebody wanted to know about Arkansas Mercer. Mm-hmm. 
I saw that. I know somebody was asking about Belmont when we started. Uh, I'll start with Belmont. Of course, they are one of the best non-Power 5 teams around. They'll usually win 25 games every single year. And you're looking at the overall roster. This team should be very good again. They're favored to win the OVC. Are they going to choke again in the conference tournament? Maybe. But you got a long way to go before that. You still have great. You still have Grayson Murphy, who's still very good. You end up bringing uh, Muzinski, who's still the very solid center. They got a lot of talent. So this team's going to be very good. And they take on Ohio in the first game. Now, Ohio, we know, ended up making the tournament last year. They upset Virginia. Jalen Preston, really, really good point guard. The problem is he's gone. So with him out, can Ohio find a way to replace him? I think it's going to take some time because Preston had the ball in his hands basically 90% of the time because he was that good. I'd go to Belmont uh, in that spot around minus three and a half. (laughs) It's not exactly ideal to try to take a road team in the season opener just because, you know, the home crowd, even for bad teams, will probably show up in some capacity. But Ohio should not really be that good. Belmont's a solid team. I'll go with Belmont minus three and a half. Okay, and I know they were they were asking about Arkansas. You know what? I like. I wrote an article about that game actually. I, I like this Arkansas team. The the problem is they lost they lost three starters. They lost some serious talent. Yeah. Scott, how do you like this one against the Mercer Bears? Well, losing Smith and Moody hurts. Now Moody, we know, is their main ball handler. Good shooters on the Warriors. Now Smith is not there. They also lost Jalen Tate. But Arkansas, solid basketball school that Musselman's got going there. So they recruit well now. Arkansas is a basketball school. Deal with it. And Mercer, pretty decent team. We saw last year they lost in the SoCon title game to UNC Greensboro. They're okay. They also lost a couple of big pieces. They used the transfer win. They used the uh, transfer portal to try to find some, I'd say, openings or so- find some quick fixes to the roster. But it's Arkansas at home. We know athletically they're better at every position. Mercer defensively, not exactly a great unit. Arkansas's defense was a lot better in the final exhibition game. I do think Arkansas rolls. It's really tough to look at a team from a group of five school or just the SOCON and look over. They're traveling to SEC country in that environment and not assume they just get destroyed, you know? Okay. You, like, you, you 18, feel the same way? Yeah, I do. I just, I, I, uh, I worry about that 18 and a half. That's just, that's just a ton at this point with an, with an unproven roster there for Arkansas. It's a lot, but you're hoping the home crowd kind of just gives the Mercer Bears the yips a little bit early on. Yeah, and they do, and they do play well there down in Hog Central. Uh, yep. West Virginia, Oakland. Do you have any thoughts on this game, or you just mentioned it randomly? Uh, no, it was no, it was uh, it was uh, somebody asking the comment section. So, what line do you have? I've got Oakland plus seventeen and a half up there uh, in West Virginia. Uh, it's, it's always tough to go against the Mountaineers in Morgantown, but Huggins truth is for West Virginia is a good college basketball team. They lost a lot of guys. I mean, McBride was their main defensive guy. And we know that he was a very solid player for them last year. He's not there anymore. Oakland is always going to be a mediocre Mac team. They usually struggle early on and then pick it up in conference play because they actually like good on. schools. They're not a Mac team. Sorry, Oakland. Sorry, okay. they are in. I'm drawing a blank. Sorry. Uh, I'm going to go with Horizon. That's correct. Or Horizon. Sorry, my bad. Horizon is the Mac equivalent for football for college basketball. Right. Sorry, my bad. So my bad. I was confusing them. But the point is, they're usually getting killed out of conference. Horizon League plays uh, starts. Thank you. And then Oakland usually picks it up. I'll lean West Virginia, but I'm not really interested in that game. I think there are better options on the board. 
Yeah, that's a that's a ton of points. Oakland's a guy, a team that brings back three starters um, on the year. They've uh, again, they're exactly what you think, Scott. They were twelve and twelve and eighteen, ten and ten in conference. Uh, if well, I, the question you have to I'm, ask is, I, I, can I, Oakland handle the press? Because Huggins usually presses a lot. Last year, they didn't really press as much as they normally do. And I'm not sure if that was based on just personnel or just how maybe the limited offseason practice with COVID and all, they just didn't have time to fully implement it. I think they'll go back to the press. And Oakland, we know athletically, should turn the ball over 20-something times because I'm sure they'll get swarmed every time they have the ball. It's pretty tough to, t- to take Oakland if you're expecting them to just give away about 24 possessions, you know? Uh, agreed. Um, Michigan State money line. You like them against KU? I do not. I think Kansas is going to win. Now, Michigan State, I know is tempting because you're looking at Izzo, the name, the name brand, and you're going through the roster. I don't think Michigan State's that good. I think that they're an okay team. They'll make the tournament, or they should at least. It's, it was debatable last year. They got in in the first four. But I'm not really and, a fan and of the roster. they got beat, by the way, by UCLA. They got beat by UCLA, correct. That game went to, that went to overtime, right? Mm, yes. I think it went to overtime. But anyway... Yeah, you had Izzo yelling at a player, everyone wanted him fired, that whole overreaction. But I do think that Kansas will win the game. Very, very deep team. Kansas was a little bit underwhelming last year, and I'm assuming they're going to fall apart in the tournament again. But I got to go with Kansas here. They're just the better team. Michigan State, just going down the roster, they don't have the depth. I'm not sure they have the shooting. And Kansas has about nine guys who I think can really contribute. I'm gonna go and take Kansas. Yeah, and they and they picked up Remy Martin, one of the probably one of the bigger transfer portal signings of the. Bit off of a season. ball hog, but he's a very good ball handler. You know what they bring? They bring back they bring back four starters. They're gonna miss Jalen Wilson for this one on the glass, but they are such a lockdown defensive team on the perimeter that I just don't see Michigan State getting anything going. I think I think he, I think Kansas goes on a couple of runs and probably puts this one away. Uh, By the way, STM Network asking if it's a Wisconsin bias. Hell no. <laughs> Wisconsin is going to stink this year, and I'm willing to admit that. I will be unbiased about every team that I went to school involving because I hate watching them play. Bores the crap out of me. So, no, I'm like the opposite of a Wisconsin bias. I'm honest. I think Michigan State will be good. They'll make the tournament. Michigan's better. Purdue's better. It is what it is. They're going to be probably – a I don't even know. Anywhere from, I'd say, a 6 seed to a potential 10. I really don't think they're going to be that good this year. Scott, Kylie was asking us about Kansas money line, St. Thomas money line. I think I think we're both on board with that. If I'm laying the four and a half, I think they're going to win the game. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and Kansas, I think, should win the game, too. I think I think that's solid. Um, any other games out there? What else did we see? Uh, well, I wrote an article about one game. One uh, how about game. Auburn? Uh, Auburn minus fifteen uh, against Moorhead State. Less talk, Scott. Less Moore. talk. Yeah. Uh, Moorhead had a dream run through the conference and through the conference tournament last year, and ended up winning the whole thing. They beat Belmont and everything like that. But uh, Auburn's supposed to be really good. You know, Pearl is always good at getting recruits, so you're assuming they're going to retool. It's pretty tough uh, to find a lot of value there i'm gonna pass i really don't think there's much value yeah this is a moorhead state team like i said they they really they had a good squad scott they're 23 and 8 last year 17 and 3 going through the conference uh but they they've lost the bulk of that team they've lost three starters it's uh 
it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how they how they compete there in the Ohio Valley. I think it's going to take a while for them to gel. I'd probably lean Auburn there if I'm if I'm playing. I'm laying. I would lean there, but once again, I think there's better games on the board. Okay. The one game I wrote an article about, which is an underdog play, I actually like, which you know is rare because I'm usually betting favorites. It's between Louisiana Tech and Alabama. Okay. And that line seems a little low at first glance. It's around 11 and a half, which sounds low because Alabama is a top 15 team in the country and Louisiana Tech is unranked. But I think Tech's got a shot in that game. I, I think that Tech brings a lot of guys back. They bring back our boy, big boy Lofton, who's going to be putting together some work because one of the uh, most entertaining players to watch. But I, Alabama. I'd join him. I'd join him and we'd tear up a Chinese buffet, Scott. I'm just saying. Be a hell of a time. All you can eat sushi, they're throwing you out. <laughs> but the way I'm looking at it, I think that Louisiana Tech has enough size on the interior to dominate the glass, mostly with Lofton. They have a lot of experience. They brought in a couple of transfers who should help. And Alabama lost a bunch of guys. You lost Perry. You lost Primo. I do think it's going to take some time to get going. But when you see a top 15 team laying less than 12 in the home opener, that seems like a bit of a trap line, doesn't it? Yeah. It seems like they want you to just take Bama. They're just they're just daring you to take that's probably the the stinkiest line. I think it's up there. Now uh Nathan Cerner wants to know if you should take Bama money line off the parlay. I'm not saying Louisiana Tech's going to win. I think they're live. I think that this team is actually gonna be very good. I think they got a shot to win the conference. They came in what, third in the NIT last year? They did the consolation. They um, they came in third in the NIT. Yeah, they won this the consolation. Yeah, they're not bad. Yeah, I think they're good enough to take advantage of an inexperienced Alabama team to start out the season. Alabama still has some guys back, so they're not going to be awful by any means. But I do think with the lack of depth, you're missing a lot of guys who handle the ball a lot. You're missing your best defender in Herbert Jones, who ended up going to the NBA draft. I do think it might take a little bit of time to get everything settled for Coach Nate Oates before everything starts to click. Yeah, somebody asked about the Nevada Eastern Washington game of Matthew Torvik. I don't. I got to be honest. I, I don't know anything about Eastern Washington. They're they're still a uh, they're not a D one school. So, but I do like Nevada. I think Nevada is going to be Eastern very Washington's a D one school. I don't. Why don't I have them on my list? I thought I thought they're, they're, they're FCS in college football. They're I know, no, no. I thought I thought no. I'm, I was that's why I thought I had them. I, I don't have I don't have them in my book. I assume oh. they were D one as well. I don't know why I don't have them. Uh, I like this. I'll speak to Nevada because I, I for like the, for that game with Nevada. I'm looking at the over. I I think you'll see pace. Eastern Washington plays fast. Nevada plays fast. I think you'll see a track meet breakout. I'll take I'll take Nevada to cover. I I like this team. I like them as a dark horse in the Mountain West. And they they bring back they bring back all five starters, and I think that's huge. Uh, Scott, you got an underdog tonight. Uh, I'm gonna have to get back to you on that because there's a lot of games to go through. But as of right now, Louisiana Tech's the team I think has a good chance to cover. My underdog special is actually going to involve FIU, Florida International, taking on Georgia. And money's poured in on FIU. Line open up at around nine, give or take. It's down to around seven and a half from what I saw. So there has been a lot of money coming in. And Georgia, we know, is a very good football school. When it comes to basketball, they're really awful. But FIU has gotten a lot of money. They are very good at forcing turnovers, and we know Georgia's very turnover-prone. I do think FIU's got a serious shot to win the game. You know it's a pretty telling sign when Georgia, an SEC team at home, is having boatloads of money come in against them. So I'm going to go with FIU. I think they got a shot to win the game. 
Okay. All right. Very good. Uh, what else we got? Oh, Toledo. Uh, Toledo minus four and a half and Kansas minus four and a half. I like the Kansas game. Uh, I'm not... Man, I want to like this Toledo team. I'm just not sure I can get behind them. How are you feeling about Toledo, bud? Uh, Toledo was a team I really liked last year. And then it seemed like everything fell apart once they got into conference play. But Toledo is a team that I do think should be pretty solid this year. Uh, the question that you have to ask is, do you really want to lay three and a half on the road against Valpo? Valpo is a very good defensive team. They are abysmal offensively, and they slow the pace to an absolute crawl. I'm looking at the under in that game. Yeah, Toledo, we know, can be good defensively. They like to go up tempo a little bit. If Valpo wants to keep the game close, they have to slow the ball down to a crawl. I'll go with the under. All right. I think I think that's solid. Uh, ben, ben Ben Campbell said SEC basketball not great. Yeah, that's it's really not. That's kind of a that's kind of an understatement. I think as far as that goes, they are not good at all. Uh, Purdue to win the Big Ten or Maryland? I I like. I'm a sucker for Purdue, Scott. I'm a sucker for big men, and I, I know I'm probably about 20 years too late. But I know, and I know you're a Michigan guy. I think it's going to be a hell of a battle between Michigan. Well, you and said Purdue. you're a fan of big men. I'll take Dickinson all day of the week. Well, that's okay. Uh, every day of the week, all Dickinson's right. just a great player. But my pick to win the Big Ten is Michigan. I think the Wolverines are very, very good. And I was actually going to make a video about some futures. I'm still going to do it regarding the actual March Madness and what the lines are so far. If you're not looking at Gonzaga and you're looking at another team to keep an eye on, and then Michigan team should make the Final Four. I think that team's very good. Okay. Yeah, they're, and they, and they uh, I, I think they have an underrated coach for sure. And it, I don't know, it's, it's hard to be at that level and still be underrated and have the run they did last year, but I think he is. Well, they lost Livers, who ended up breaking his leg before the tournament anyway, which is the impressive part, because they made a deep run in the tournament without Livers in the first place. So they do have talent, and I do think that this Michigan's team – is extremely, extremely deep, which should help them out in conference play. Bronco Devil says uh, he's so confused. Scott is on the left today. Well, there's a lot of games going on. In fairness, Scott's uh, always on the left. There's a, no, there's, a, there's always I, there's I, always a Scott on the left. There always is, but you know it's it's a little bit of a bizarro world today. It's because I had to join left. the meeting late because I I exited by mistake. He accidentally hit the wrong button. You know <laughs> the issue with Scott, his biggest weakness is technology. Technology is his arch nemesis from start to finish. I, I know what it is. I know what it is. Scott's a sucker for big men. Make sure to write that down. Man, there's a there's a talk about an out-of-context quote that could, could come back and haunt me. That belongs on a tombstone. Going bear hunting. Going bear hunting, guys. Um, all right. Virginia should slaughter Navy. Uh, that's a federal crime. But I think they'll win the game handily. <laughs> Can we do that? Uh, it's, it's one of those questions with Virginia, though, where you have to wonder if... Virginia's actually going to score a lot or for their standards, or if Navy just doesn't get to 45 because they might only score 40 in that game. All right. So it's pretty much been NCAA centric. There's a short NBA card. Anything from the NBA you like? Uh, Just looking through the card quickly. I'll let you go first. You have anything you like? Uh, you know, Philadelphia still uh, Philadelphia on a back to back. Uh, They're going to be without Embiid again. Uh, of course, Milwaukee is going to be without Middleton. Lopez is out. DiVincenzo, of course, is still out. Milwaukee's been terrible, man. Yeah, this is this is still this is still still a team without Tobias Harris, without Ben Simmons, of course. Uh, Tybalt's going to be perhaps back. He's in quarantine. I don't know where they're at on that. Uh, Brownsbecker's asking about Giannis over forty four and a half points, rebounds, and assists. 
I have to like that. Yeah, I'll play the that. The fact, way. though, option is Andre Drummond as your backup center. Not yep. exactly a great defensive player. Yep. I think Giannis, if they're going to cover this number, which is about six and a half, I think Giannis has to go nuclear. So I'm going to go and take Giannis. He might score 35 points alone, and you're pretty good there for rebounds and assists. Yeah, especially with uh, especially with with uh, no Middleton. To yeah, the issue you run into is if Milwaukee blows it open, will they pull everybody? But the truth is they just blew a 20-something point lead to the Knicks on Friday night, and they kind of really need a win. So I actually think they might put it on them a little bit. Scott, Panthers are uh, uh, nine and one, and an under, they're an underdog today. Now is that uh, just because they're? Uh, uh, now wait a minute, I've got them. I show them as a favorite. I show them as a favorite. I was I was reading Zach Vaughn. It said Hur- Hurricanes. Um, oh okay. Tampa? Oh Car- oh Carolina. Yeah, against 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 Tampa. Right. So they are they are. They're nine and one, and they're an underdog against Tampa, who's finally started to play well uh, after after kind of a rough start there. I'm going to assume that's a trap as well. It, I, the Rangers line was pretty jarring to me, which is why I mentioned it because money came in on the Rangers. I do think Tampa, first of all, does very very well against this team usually, but I think that Tampa at home will get the job done. I like the under in that game though. I think that even though you see solid offenses. You have Vasilevsky on one side. Hurricanes defense has been pretty solid this season. I think you'll see a lower scoring game. All right, and finally, before we get to it, Walking Spotted Bear said his name is Jonathan Reichel. Also, why do you pronounce your name like the French instead of the hard the uh, the hard ch? When I grew up, my parents told me that's how I pronounced my last name, so that's how I pronounced my last name. Okay, pretty solid. There you go. Pretty solid. All right. But not much. Not much. You know, independence went into making that decision. Ian Toomey said he got the Bucks minus five and a half. Yeah, I think that's a good value right there. That's you're going to see seven for that. Game. I see. I see six and a half on DraftKings. Yeah, I mean you're gonna, you're going to see seven, seven and a half before game time on that. I think. All right, buddy, we got to get to it. Let's do it. Yep, let's we, do it. All right, so Scott and I put our heads together and uh, we've come up with the best play of the day. You guys, uh, you guys know what it is. It is time to put on your overalls. I'm going to see everybody in overalls, straw hats. Got a little piece of straw hanging out of your mouth. Get on that John Deere tractor. Get out that checkbook, because it's time to bet the farm. All right, Scott, we did have a farm play yesterday. How did that go? Well, we ended up having the Knicks, minus two, and they covered. Yeehaw! All right, there we go. I know you like it when I yeehaw, buddy. I think everybody in the comments section does. All right. I, I certainly I certainly hope so. All right, Scott, what do we got cooked up for today? So we are going back to college basketball, and there is one team, the first ballot Hall of Famer in the Gambling Hall of Fame, Mississippi Valley State, mm, mm, taking mm, on mm, St. John's. Mm. The line is 44 and a half. So the odds makers are learning. The issue is I don't think they learned enough because we're taking St. John's minus 44 and a half at minus 110 on bet MGM. Now, a couple of reasons why we're talking about this. First of all, we got to go through Mississippi Valley State. We do it every year. We got to refresh your memory. So the Devils, the Delta Devils went two and 22 last year. They lost each of their eight non-con games last season by at least 36 points. That's each of them. They lost several of them by about 70. They got buried. But you're looking at the matchup here. 
first of all, I should go through the efficiency numbers. They were last in offense efficiency, and they were second last in defense. So if they can't score and they can't guard anybody. <laughs> That's not good. Are you sure they're playing the right sport? They might want to try something else, but I really like St. John's here because of the fact that St. John's plays extremely up-tempo. This team will always go full-court press with Anderson as the coach. They're going to go up and down, probably score 130 in this game. And the question is, do I think that Mississippi Valley State can keep pace? The answer is no. You're looking at a situation where St. John's brings a bunch of guys back. They bring back Champagny, who was their best player. They bring back Posh. They also have some nice transfers coming in. They brought in Suriano from Fordham as a big man. They brought in Aaron Wheeler, the guard from Purdue. I like the St. John's team. I think they might actually make the the tournament this year. But with an up-tempo team playing against a team that's probably going to turn the ball over 30-something times, there's a very good chance that St. John's scores 120-130 here. 44.5 or 44 sounds extremely high. Watch this team play and then get back to me. That's right. And and you, you you skipped over my point, but I put it in there. Uh, Mississippi Valley State brings back three starters of a team that was last in defensive efficiency and second last in offense. Is that a good thing, Scott? It remains to be seen. All right. Very good. And that is going to do it for Bet the Farm, guys. Get yourself down and fade those Delta Devils down there in Enabina, Mississippi, everybody. And that's going to do it for Scott and I. We appreciate you guys stopping by. Again, if you haven't hit the like button, please do that. We appreciate the effort. Thanks for joining us each and every day. We are growing. Love interacting. Let's have some fun tonight. Go out there and win some games and uh, watch some college basketball. And don't forget Maction. Don't go to sleep on Maction, guys. Should be a couple good games tonight. All right? Everybody have a great day. We will see you again tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Let's win a bunch of money tonight, all right? We'll see you guys. Let's do it. Take care.